Recorded live. And hello, everybody. It's Eric Clancy and Patrick Kelly. We're the Weekday Wars Wrestling for October 27, 2015. Um, brought to you by the Uh Make sure you uh, either head to Talk Shoe and favorite us there and follow the show and subscribe, or you comment and like and do all that fun stuff on social media. Um, <clears throat> it always helps us. Um, with the hashtags. Yeah, with the hashtags. All with the hashtags. Um, so let's get right into it. I guess we, we've got Hell in a Cell and Raw to talk about. And I, I don't want to go chronologically because I think there's more interesting things to say about Raw than there was about Hell in a Cell. Um, mm-hmm. And that was that I thought this was probably the best Raw in a few months. That's not saying anything because Raw has been absolutely atrocious for the past few months. But it's um, it was a show with a purpose. It's a show where the matches matter. Yeah, the matches mattered, and it like I say this like every few months when it seems like they're doing something different, and then they don't do it. So this could last for three weeks because you know everything creatively is on the whims of a senile old man. But um, well, this could be the start of the next cycle, and you know all these fresh matches that we got on Raw, we'll be seeing them again about eighty more times. But for now, it's it's interesting. Well, I, I mean, I didn't even care about the fresh matches. I cared that they said, you know, they started off and they said, okay, you know, Seth Rollins knocked down all the contenders, which isn't true, but okay, whatever. Um, well, let's go with it. Um, then they're, uh, we're going to take all the winners from last night and mm-hmm. put them in matches, and whoever wins those matches is going to Fatal 4-Way, and whoever wins that gets to face Seth Rollins in Survivor Series, um, which is a great idea because it does multiple things. Number one, it gives all the matches on the show a purpose because the winners and losers matter and there's consequences mm-hmm. and it's not just throwaway wrestling for wrestling's sake, which is... And even the matches man- from the night before mattered because that's how they qualified. Exactly, yes. So it, it retroactively makes Hell in a Cell more important because it's like, oh, you were on a six-man tag match and your team won? Congratulations. That gets you into into this tournament uh, type thing. So, you know, it gives incentive for winning because normally with pro wrestling, it doesn't really matter if you win or lose. I mean, it does in the fact that like, oh, they're obviously pushing this guy. So that means it, but there's no like storyline consequences. They're never like, he's lost these many matches. So just because he won this one match doesn't mean he's going to get a title shot. There's never any of that. Nobody cares about that. They just do whatever the fuck they want. So the fact that who won and lost last night, you know, um, was uh had consequences was refreshing and it was like oh okay that's cool you know like like people actually have a path and they're going somewhere and it it makes sense so i like that a lot what i did not like about the show and what i thought kind of i don't want to say ruined the show because i enjoyed the show compared to most raws but i hated the fact that they basically told you who was going to win the whole thing at the beginning and this is something they always do with (laughs) you know like Seth Rollins is there, and then Roman Reigns comes out. He's like, I'm going to win it. And then he wins it, and it's Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Well, fucking A. Like, what did, honestly, what did bringing Roman Reigns down at the beginning accomplish, except to telegraph, Roman Reigns is winning the thing. There were two outcomes to this whole thing. Number one, Roman Reigns wins, which is what we got. Number two, which I, I in the back of my head I thought they might do because it just seemed so obvious was Dean Ambrose turns mm-hmm. on Roman Reigns and, like, Dolph wins. 
you know, which would be good. Then you get like a, a nice little Dolph Seth Rollins series, which, you know, if you remember their, their uh, Survivor Series match last year, uh, they they can go and it would be probably a good combination. And, you know, you get somebody fresh in the main event and yeah, that would be good. Um, but no, they, they went with the Roman Reigns route, which, you know, I think they're going to do the Dean Ambrose screw job at Survivor Series. I think that's what oh, their, okay. uh, their plan is. Yeah. Because I, I feel like they're still like, they're still on that Roman Reigns bandwagon and they're still like, he's going to get the title and hold it forever and be John Cena. Like, I don't think much has changed since WrestleMania. I think they're still going to do what they're going to do. They're just waiting for it to cool down a little bit. And I don't know if it's ever going to cool down because (laughs) there's somebody once said, there's nothing more dangerous than a wrestling fan that has made up their mind. And wrestling fans have kind of made up their mind about Roman Reigns, whether that's fair or not. That's just the situation. Like Roman Reigns, gets booed and I mean, he's not really doing anything terrible. I mean, he's no worse than Dean Ambrose is like, you know, Dean Ambrose is kind of like directionless and bland and stuff at this point and kind of like stale in the ring, but you know, he doesn't do anything great either. And so people just, but people boo him because they booed him in March. And now I'm not saying, Oh, those people are wrong. I mean, there's really nothing about Roman Reigns that kind of gets me. I mean, there's occasional times where I'm like, Oh, he's kind of tough and cool. But then there's, there's, times where he's like up there and he's like what and i'm like oh it's funny roman reigns quote unquote <laughs> funny roman reigns and i'm just like <laughs> they keep okay, trying to so, make people into the rock don't they yeah well you know so it, it's like like i mean the, the the best thing that happened to roman reigns was in the new day said dude change up your colors you've been wearing the same things for three for three years change it up and <laughs> I laugh on top of the fact that it was like, you know, his, his attire is such a transparent thing to be like, Hey, you like the shield, right? Roman Reigns is the shield. He's the shield. He is the shield. He's everything you liked about it. You know? So, um, that got a chuckle out of me, but it's just like, you know, I, I, I don't know if Roman Reigns is ever going to happen on that level. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think WWE is like, just waiting for that, and and they're gonna do it. I mean, they they. I think they're probably gonna do it at WrestleMania. I think. Oh, it seems that way. I mean, Seth is gonna get out of Survivor Series with the title. I, I'm pretty certain about that. But come um, WrestleMania time, you know, he's gonna feud with Ambrose in between, most likely, and then he's gonna win the Rumble again, which I can't believe they would do that two years in a row. But okay, and then it's probably gonna be Seth and Roman again at Mania. That's probably you know my forward thinking. That's probably what they're thinking right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to think of what I would do in my, like, cause you know, normally you and I have like a fantasy booking scenario, like here's what they should do. And we're like, you know, last two years it was like Daniel Bryan. And obviously last year in retrospect, you couldn't have done Daniel Bryan because he was, his body was falling apart and we didn't know. And, and who the fuck knows what's going to even happen now. So um, I don't know what my quote unquote, like dream scenario would be or like what the, the, the thing to do is, you know, like, do you like, like if you were running this company, what would you be building to for WrestleMania? Cause I honestly have no fucking clue. Like I know sometimes you, you have that like, Oh, you could build towards this guy. I'm like, who the fuck do you build towards? I can't think of anybody. I, there's no baby face right now in the company. That's like red hot or that interesting or God, there's not much of anything. And it doesn't help that poor Seth, he's got to like pick up the, pieces and work with whatever it is he's got and 
they never give him anything good to work with. So he's just kind of the placeholder guy. I mean, I, I don't know what you do. It's really bizarre. Yeah, I mean, because you look at last year, and I'd say you had like three red-hot baby faces. You had Daniel Bryan, Dean Ambrose, and Dolph Ziggler. Well, uh-huh. Daniel Bryan can't wrestle anymore. Dolph Ziggler is popular, but I think the audience kind of realizes Dolph Ziggler is where he is and he's going to be for the rest of his career. So they'll cheer him, but I don't think there's ever going to be a really groundswell of like, oh, yeah, Dolph stuff. And Ambrose has, like, not done anything interesting seemingly since the, the Seth Rollins feud. So um, right. the, the first time. Uh, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're um, all in lower places from where they were a year ago. It's Yeah, it's – it's like if you play, if you were playing TEW, you're like, oh, everybody's overness went down, and we're 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 now in the we're in the mid '80s as opposed to the low '90s for our for our pops in North America. Um, <laughs> for those for those three people that listen that love when I pull out TEW references. Um, so yeah, it, it's just I I don't know what I do like you. You can't like like what's good about the show like the new day and maybe you know I I hesitate to say this because I don't want people to think that I've liked what they've done with them the past like two years but the past two shows maybe the Wyatt family because that's interesting but the problem is they're heels like everybody good on the, on the show or interesting is a heel theoretically I guess you could do stuff with Cesaro but they seemingly they have no like he's just like twisting around that one for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the, the time to jump on that was WrestleMania 30, but, you know, that was the end of that. So uh, it's it's so weird. But um, so let's go let's go back, I guess, through Hell in a Cell before we do Raw, since we kind of talked about the the thing about Raw that we uh, we enjoyed. And let's go through Hell in a Cell, which I thought was a blase show. What did you think? Um, again, not much to work with here. I thought it was probably the best WWE pay-per-view in a while. But, again, that's not saying much. It's just that they've been so blase for so long that this one was like, oh, well, they didn't do anything stupid. So, okay, cool. And, you know, there were some good things on there overall. Yeah. Um, well, you know, they didn't I, – I was didn't we like SummerSlam? Wasn't that a, a thing that happened? Uh, I, I my take on SummerSlam was that I would have liked it if they didn't book so many stupid things. Like there were yeah. a lot of things on there that kind of dragged the show down, and really things they didn't have to do, like the ending to Taker Brock, just as an example. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I remember that, like, like kind of spoiling the show for me. So, um, okay, so let's go through this. I didn't see the the six man match. Neither did I. I think it was in the trios division. Because it feels yeah, like they're maybe. putting a bunch of three-man factions together. I, I don't know. I don't give a shit unless Angelico's jumping off the top of, like, buildings. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So this pissed me off. Um, the opening match. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So the whole thing with John Cena being the U.S. champion, when he won the title and started the U.S. Open Challenge, which was great. I mean, it's typical WWE. It's like this great, like, body of work. Well, I mean, it's not typical WWE, but it's like a thing they do often. Like, it's this great, like, body of work, and then the the ending sucks. Um, the uh, It's the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. Um, so, the, um, the uh, so Cena, like, the whole time is like, I'm going to, everybody can get a shot, because I'm old, and, and there's going to be a young gun. Eventually, he's going to take me out. 
And you thought maybe that was Kevin Owens, but, you know, then he beat Kevin Owens 4,000 times, so that wasn't him. So the logical payoff to this is some young guy, whether it's Tyler Breeze or... I Sammy Zane, Kevin Owens. So, yeah, uh, Sammy Zane's not that young, but I guess he's young enough. I, I um, fresh somebody younger one. than Cena. How about that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what? who does he lose to? A guy who's older than him. Like, fine, cool. Like, the return was shocking and, like, interesting. And, you know, I, I'm, I still haven't read all the stuff about it. And... Like, Cena took a clean win, but fucking A, really? After all that, you're going to give it to Del Rio? Like, I don't, uh, you know, uh, you know how much I love Del Rio and Lucha Underground, and I'm kind of, like, upset that he's on WWE because, first of all, Lucha Underground loses him. Second of all, I think he's going to go back to being WWE Del Rio, which is kind of boring and never utilized very well. And... (laughs) as opposed to this passionate freedom fighter in in Lucha Underground. So, like, this annoys and me. And in other companies, so many... he was good in Ring of Honor, too. It's like, yeah. oh, and you said it on the show. It was, oh, whatever my problems were with Del Rio, it wasn't him. It was creative. Well, now he's back in that creative system, so are we just going to get boring, stale, you know, Mexican guy? Yeah, it's, it's it's just, yeah. So, like, this annoyed me because it, like, didn't pay off any of the story that they had set up with John Cena. And, like, I, you know, I don't know if you wanted to use, you know, um, fuck, I can't think of any, like, NXT guys that are, like, young and good enough to do that. But whatever. Like, it just sucks that after all this, like, an NXT guy didn't beat John Cena. It was Alberto Del Rio. And it's just like, come on, really? It's just... Yeah. Ugh. So, so that, Balor, that annoyed maybe? me. Like, Finn Balor might have been a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But I think did push they do on the main roster, just saying, you know. I mean, I, I think they're going to push Bauer no matter what. Um, so, he, like, I don't know. It's just, it bugs me. Anyway, um, all right. So then we had Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. And, like, this was one of the ones, this was a match where I thought polar opposite of the other Hell in a Cell match at the end. But this was a match that, to me, is like, here is what is the issue with doing Hell in a Cell matches in PG, uh, WWE. And I'm not the guy who's always like, oh, I hate PG, WWE. It's terrible. It's like, it's not. It, but the fact is, if you need to do something violent, you can't do it, apparently. And it's just, like, it's indicative of Bray Wyatt. It's like, oh, it could be good, but no, no, it's terrible. So, um, <laughs> also, I, mean, by I didn't way, hate the match. It's just that the commentators trying to sell it as the most brutal and violent thing ever. I'm like, ah, Mick Foley's somewhere laughing at you. Yeah, like the passion of John Cena in, in 2009 breaking <laughs> points. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just like, to me, it was like, okay, you know, they've, they've had, like, this wasn't even as good as their, their Raw match. Their one where they, like, brawled everywhere. That one was cool. That thing ended mm-hmm. in DQ. And it was good. It was better than this. Um, so, you know, I also want to point out, I, mean, I get why they had Roman go over because they wanted him to challenge for the title next, but holy shit, wouldn't it be better if they did the ending to the show and Bray had won? Boy, wouldn't that have, like, made... But, like, Bray loses every big match. He is the... For, for a guy that they were like, he's the new Undertaker. Boy, you know what Undertaker didn't do? Lose every feud he was ever in. Like, <laughs> like they would give... 
first of all, why it should be a face by this point. Like, I don't know why he's not. Like, everybody cheers him anyway. Secondly, like, fucking A, man. Like, Undertaker would have lost to Kamala, Jimmy Snuka, Jake. There would have been no streak because Undertaker would have been on a losing streak if they had handled his career like they handled Bray Wyatt's career. It's insane, like, the amount of matches they have this guy lose. And then backstage, like, he's great. We love him. Like, you love him? Really? Like, the, the amount of shit you give him, like, whether it's his long-ass shitty promos or losing to everybody, whether it's Roman Reigns, John Cena, Chris Jericho, uh, whoever, is, like, fucking crazy. Ugh. It is. Um, and this one was, like you said, it was the least bad of the bunch because at least um, he lost – to the future number one contender, and sure. he was he was in a match where his stable couldn't help him. So I was like, okay, I I kind of I get it, but um, yeah, you're right. The, it's indicative of the unfortunate pattern, which is the problem. Yeah. Um, so Kofi Kingston and uh, Big E came out as the uh, and continued unicorn magic and continue to like just like I mean I can't even remember all the good stuff they say because it's just packed in there like a like a like a goddamn take five bar, you know. It's it's just so much good stuff in there, and uh, like they're like this this trombone represents Xavier Woods. Let's throw up your horns for him. It's just like so good, you know. It, it like these guys are are such the new edging Christian, um, and I, I they need to just build up more tag teams because I feel like all the tag teams disappeared in this like left behind moment and were raptured away from us and. Uh, now there's yeah. no one for the New Day to, to, to wrestle. But, and this is fine. It's whatever. It was the, the New Day were clever. And, you know, Thank like God they Big, won. E, Big E is continually, like, hilarious in his facial expressions and his dancing. Like, it's, <laughs> he, like, I, it's just so good. Like, I cannot believe Kobe Kingston is this funny. Like, if you were to tell me two years ago that Kofi Kingston would be my favorite guy, like one of my favorite guys on the show, I'd be like, you're fucking insane because Kofi Kingston was always this boring white meat baby face and he never did anything beyond like jump around stuff and now he's like hilarious and it's like, the, the see, that's what creative can do. Creative can give people an opportunity to let their personality show out, to come out and this this racist-ass gimmick that started off as the worst idea ever has now turned into the best thing they've done in like months and uh, the best you know, thing just, all year quite honestly yeah i mean i think they're 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 consistently the thing that saves the show each like and i they don't save the show the shows are still generally bad but you know like it's it's a point in the show i can always like you know it, it's like daniel murphy in the playoffs you know it's like they're guaranteed to hit a home run mm-hmm. yeah and every week it seems like i watch raw or i watch a pay-per-view and it's like well you know, the rest of it sucked, but at least I like the New Day. Yeah. Um, so the Divas match was all right, except for Nikki being fucking retarded as far as how pro wrestling works. The the idea that uh, for, why is she grabbing the ropes when she's reversed the figure four, four on Charlotte? Like, doesn't she <laughs> know how that move works? Like, it's like when Cameron leg-dropped Naomi and tried to pin her when she was on her stomach. Remember that? I do remember that. That was hilarious. Count it. Count it. And he's like, I can't. You're an idiot. <laughs> you get paid to do this, not me. Yeah. You, yeah. Thank God she's off TV now. Um, people joke about like, oh, Ava Marie is the worst. Fucking A, Cameron's the worst. Like, but at least Ava Marie knows how pinfalls work. Sure, she doesn't kick out at the right time, but at least she knows she's supposed to be on her fucking back. <laughs> 
So, I mean, that was fine. And then Paige comes out. Like, I, you know, I missed a show or two in between because I went to Disney. But did, like, Paige, like, make up with them or something? Like, why did she, like, yes, obviously we all saw the next night when Paige turned on everyone and turned on her. But did they, like, make up in between the Paige hating them and that, like, hugging fest? Like, Maybe, but if they did, I'm not aware of it. I know they did an angle where Natalia got jumped backstage and they're trying to find out who did it. I'm like, um, (laughs) I've got a pretty good idea who did it. It's the best. It's the best. When WWE does, who attacked the person backstage? It's always the person feuding with them. Remember when Shawn Michaels was attacked and they're like, it was Triple H, the guy he was feuding with. Yeah, they always always on the. Oh, my favorite one was Kane and Undertaker when Kane put him in a quote vegetative state, and Kane spent months trying to figure out like who attacked my brother. It's like it was you. We all know it was you. Just stop it. Wait, and when did that happen? That was like 2010. Oh, that, I didn't even fucking watch that. That was like during the Nexus when like Kane was the 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 the, the world heavyweight champion, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, I didn't, in 2010, I didn't even watch Kane that was shit. world heavyweight champion. Oh yeah, yeah. And he feuded with Edge or something, right, eventually? Yeah, he did. They played uh, hide-and-seek with Paul Bearer. It was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually, I was not watching a lot during that time. I remember because the Nexus, like, everybody loved the Nexus, but, like, the second the Nexus started being shitty, which was, like, two weeks after it happened, I was like, yeah, I'm done with this shit. They can't even, like. No, I can tell you right where it ended, right, where all the intrigue ended. Cena beat them at SummerSlam, and that killed it. I like I like the stories behind that. We're like, you know, everybody's always like PC about that kind of stuff. They're like, oh yeah, no, John's great for business. I like Jericho and Edge are like, that was the fucking worst idea ever, and it killed the Nexus. And even John Cena was like, that was a bad idea. But it's great because you get to hear that that was fucking John Cena's idea. He's like, this is great. I'll kick out of a DDT on the concrete. You're an asshat, man. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, when was this said? I don't remember hearing any of this. Oh, it's it's on uh, one of Jericho's podcasts. He has a thing with uh, Edge comes on occasionally. They have some like funny stuff. They have uh, so they talked about like Cena like like does that uh, like like they're planning the match backstage and they're like and he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna kick out and I'm gonna be both of them and Edge is like no that's not a good idea and Jericho's like yeah don't do that he's like no we're doing it and then they're like okay I'm out of the match at that point so I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and then Cena came back. He's like, "Yeah, you're right. We're up bad call." And you're like, "Yep." They also have a funny story about CM Punk. I don't know if it's the same episode, but it's an it's it's one of Jericho's podcasts with with Edge. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, you know, Punk was like, I always liked Punk, but he was he he could be a hypocrite at times. Like one time, you and me were in a tag match, and it was me and um, CM Punk against you and someone else. I don't know what the tag teams were. And then he says that like Punk. Uh, the Jericho and Edge were watching like the the Stanley Cup playoff. They were watching a hockey game or something like uh, in the backstage area. And then and Punk is like, "You guys shouldn't be watching that." And then <laughs> and then they're like, uh, "We've been around. We can do it." And then they're like in the match, and Punk never tagged Jericho in, and he just wrestled the match. And Jericho's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's like, and Punk's like, "You're watching a hockey game backstage. You're not taking this seriously." And then Edge like had to get between him was like. Listen, I know what you're saying. I've been there, but you'll get to that point once. And then Jericho's like, "Yep." And now he's tweeting about Stanley Cup playoffs, like, and shouting it during his matches and stuff. So there you go. But there, there's some good stuff on there. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, 
All right, so Seth Rollins defeated Kane cleanly because, duh, what else is going to happen with that? Good Lord, um, he finally beat somebody with the pedigree. I was like, thank you. God, you went yeah, over and also, it's amazing that Kane, after 20 years in the WWE, can, can like, not take a pedigree correctly. Like, it's the, <laughs> it's the worst, most awkward pedigree. It's like he puts him under, like, he can barely get his arms up because he's got, like, Batista, like, action figure movement. And then, like, he goes down, and his knees are down. He's not flat. His, like, arms go down. It looks so shitty. Like, I I judge wrestlers by how they take the pedigree. Like, Daniel Bryan takes it like a fucking champ. Like, you know, would take it like a champ. Yeah, Shawn Michaels generally would take it. The Rock McMahon took it like a champ. Does she? I don't remember that. Was that Uh, WrestleMania 18? She actually took it quite well. Uh, The Rock always took it terribly. Yes, you did. remember his pedigree cell? It was almost as shitty as his stunner cell, which people think is fucking hilarious. Why does everybody like the Rock stunner cell? Like, like, oh, that's great. But when Shawn Michaels oversells for Hulk Hogan, that's unprofessional. Like, fucking give me a break. Like, the Rock. I, I see Rock fucking... literally take a. Like, Rock would literally backflip out of the stunner. It was it ridiculous. Was, why did he do that? Like, did he think that was good or something? I hated that so much. I think. And maybe this is just me overthinking it, but I think he was trying to be like Mr. Perfect. And I think he thought, if I act like a rubber band, then that's selling it better. But I never saw Kurt Hennig. I mean, yeah, he would bounce, but he would look like it hurt when he did it. So, I don't know. Yeah, well, the the best stunner sell, I hate to, like, be such a Shawn Michaels mark, but, and, and you know, Rock used to have a good stunner sell. He just, like, you hit it, you bounce up, and you fall on your back, like in the pinning position. That's the best stunner sell. Sean does it great at 14. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, Vince does back. the – What? With a broken back. Yeah, yeah. Vince did a terrible – you remember, like, everybody always was like, oh, that Madison Square Garden show, like, where Vince, like, falls over Austin's shoulder. <laughs> where he's, like, stumbling, like <laughs> – um, yeah, like, and he's telling it like, like he has a seizure. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck was that? It's <laughs> so shitty. It's so many things. Like for a guy that's supposed to like know all these things about the business, he knows zero move names, and his stunner cell was like somebody injected him with like poison. <laughs> and in all fairness, I don't think Vince had ever taken a bump up to that point. So I don't know. Maybe he was just go, you know playing go hard or go home. I don't know. Oh, also, also. Um, Super funny. Um, I was I've been watching, as you know, uh, all the old like Raws and like I'm in like late '94 now. Uh, for Vince McMahon, for you know, you know how he would interview people and like, and sometimes he would like get his Irish up and he'd be like, Ah, what do you think about this, Shawn Michaels? And he'd be like, Ah, and he like get him over. He's like, You're gonna do this. Well, fucking A, when Bob Backlund is in there, Vince McMahon gets like he wants to fight somebody. Like, do you remember the episode where Bob Backlund chokes out the, like, Italian magazine writer guy? Yes, yes, I do. And Vince fucking attacks him. He's like, God, it's like straight up Mr. McMahon, like in 99 or 2000. And he's like, like fucking beating Bob Backlund, like <laughs> to get him off the thing. And it's like, he does it with nobody else. Like everybody else, he kind of like is like, you know, like meek Vince McMahon. Well, not meek, but like, you know, he's like, oh, well, okay. And everybody's like, shut up. You're a dork, whatever. When Bob Backlund's out there, Vince is like, ah, get the fuck off of him, you asshole. <laughs> it's so weird. I my theory is that he um is that he's um 
like he's he's upset because Backlund's like kind of his age and Backlund's like wrestling and this is like I could have done this. I could have been a contender in my company. <laughs> Well, hey, Vince, by hook or by crook, he did eventually put the belt on himself. So, yeah, yeah he did it's it. True, everybody for everybody remembers David Arquette and forgets that. Um, and so, that was way uh, over, by the way. He just forfeited the belt. Yeah, he. <laughs> that's true for the six pack challenge. I hated that. I fucking hated that whole thing. And everybody else was like, "They're golden. It's great." I'm like, I'm so mad. That Vince McMahon was the WWF champion, and nobody sees an issue with it. And they're like, well, if you look at it, Austin helped them beat Triple H. By that logic, David Arquette makes sense because because DDP helped them beat Bischoff. And so Bischoff, shut up. yeah, yeah. Like, like, I don't give a shit, you know, <laughs> um, what your Russo uh, thought process is. Um, which both things were Vince Russo, by the way. He was like, ah, yeah, just fucking put this shit on whoever. Who cares? Um, it's just a prop. Uh, Who cares? Well, you know, it's funny because I agree with him that the belts are props. I totally, 100% agree with him. However, where I disagree with him is that the props have to mean something. Here's the difference. Or here's, here's the example. If you have a prop gun in a show and you shoot people with it and it goes bang and nobody dies, the second time you do that or the third time, people are going to be like, that thing's not dangerous. It killed nobody. So if your championship belt is looks like shit and every and, and an eighty year old or I guess sixty year old man has held it, they're gonna be like, That's not difficult to win because an old guy just did it. So yes, mm-hmm. it's a prop, but you have to treat it with respect in the context of the show you're 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 telling. So like like I always like when people are like, Ah, belts aren't props. Well they are. They're to show who the best is, but you need to make them mean something. And right. if you like, you know, it's just like, like I always, you're not a king until someone bows to you, you know, so, right. um, yeah. That's um, like Hitchcock with his MacGuffins. They're, you know, props, but they drive the story. So, and they make you give a shit about whatever the MacGuffin is. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. So, um, all right. So Seth gets a clean win, which holy shit he needed. Um, uh, <laughs> And I'm not saying Seth has to go over everybody like a like you know steamroll them, but you know maybe he can beat Kane. You know that's that's probably okay. Um, yeah. Then there was Kevin Owens and Ryback, which I did not like. I did not think this match was good. It was a throwaway filler match. I mean, I didn't even. I, did, uh, I just thought there was it, no story. It's like Ryback beats him up for the most of the time, then Kevin just just decides to win with a pop up powerbomb. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the also, match last month was better. I don't know what happened here, but. Also, P.S., did, I think I'm thinking about this match. Does Ryback not powerbomb Kevin Owens in the mat, in the same match? If so, why does Ryback's powerbomb not defeat Kevin Owens? But Kevin Owens' pop-up powerbomb is much more dangerous. Like, if he powerbombed him, I don't know. I don't remember. The match left that little of an impression on me. But uh, if that's what happened, you're right. It's, just, it's one of those things that doesn't make sense. I, mean, yeah, I think there's like, some degree of... Um, you know, maybe one guy's super kick or one guy's strike would be better than the other. Yeah, but. yeah, sure. I mean, I'll go with that, but that's not like, you know, they lost the benefit of the doubt years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so then we had the main event, which I, I thought um, I thought I really it was surprisingly – Yeah, I, I, I thought it was surprisingly good. I thought, like, you know, the right guy went over. Um, Completely thought, clean. 
Yeah, which was good because, you know. And screw the announcers for saying, not this way. I'm like, screw you. Undertaker beat him that way last month. It's payback. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. By the way, it's legal. It's In the other match, it wasn't legal. So Brock Lesnar, <laughs> all, all Brock Lesnar does is follow the rules. Um, uh, I thought the canvas thing was nice because it just gave a different visual to it as well. Like, it's just something you don't see every day. Like, I didn't really right. care because, honestly, it's just like, Hey, there's there's kind of padding, and there's boards. So like it didn't didn't do too much, but it, I, I like the visual of it. Um, and it also it added a nice little touch when Undertaker hit the tombstone on the wood. I thought, okay, this was at this point, as I've said before, we've been conditioned to think, oh, well, he's kicking it out of the first tombstone because everybody does that now. But by adding it, having him do it on the board, it made me think, oh, that could be the finish because they did something a little bit different there. Yeah, the only issue with that is the camera angle was awful and clearly showed his head was nowhere near the canvas or the wood. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I mean, I would have bought that a little more if they had helped me out with that. Um, and then, so, uh, the Wyatt family um, comes down. We're actually dangerous up. now. Yes, I was happy Taker didn't fight them all off because I was like, oh, shit, that's what's going to happen. Um and then, like, took them away. And I'm like, holy shit. That, like, this would have worked a lot better if Bray Wyatt had won. But still, I, first of all, they, they, I like that the Wyatts are at full strength. Secondly, I would like, because they've talked about this in the past, coming up with an actual Sister Abigail or a female Wyatt, something like that, because I think that gives more depth to the stable. And this is what I said from, from the beginning, you know, that the, um, you know, in order for Wyatt to look impressive and for, in order for him to be dangerous, he's got to, you got to show that people follow him. Now he's got like three guys following him. That's good. That's what you should have been doing from the beginning. Braun Strowman continues to be protected. And I think as long as you take it slow with the guy and don't have John Cena F5 him every show, I think you can get a lot of mileage out of him. Because no, I don't think he's been I've, slammed yet. No, I, I mean, he's been like knocked off his feet by like, by, like, 80 people attacking him, which is good. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But, like, you, you and I have talked about it, like, time and time again. Because people always act like, well, why was Andre so successful if Big Show wasn't? Well, Andre wasn't on primetime TV 800 times a week getting beat every, like, six months. You know, like, Andre would travel the country. You'd only get to see him once. He would always win, generally. Um, he was this special attraction, and there was context behind it. Uh, you know, Braun Strowman, I mean, if, if you're a big guy in WWE and you're booked the way Big Show's book, what are you? You're a guy that can't move, that matches really aren't that exciting without some sort of a context, and it doesn't really matter how big you are because everybody could just fight back against you. However, if nobody gets offense against you and you just beat people in four minutes, then they're like, oh, wait, wait, he's going to kill somebody. You know, it's the same reason why... I mean, John Cena is almost like Andre the Giant because John Cena never loses and he's like unbeatable and you've established that over 10 years of storytelling. Um, so I think if they continue to protect this guy and like, you know, let him learn slowly and I'm not saying ever put him in like 20 minute matches or something, but you know, like, like take it slow. No, if anything, do know? the opposite. Like have his matches be short, let him kill people and then he'll build a mystique around it. Yeah, and he doesn't even have to wrestle often. In fact, I prefer if he didn't, but you know, you, you can have like a, uh, but but don't have them just lose. But I, I like that they're kind of protecting them, and uh, they look like credible threats in the next night. And on now Raw, there's actually a story point because they beat up Undertaker, took him away. They beat up Kane, took him away. Where are they taking them? Yes. See exactly now. Like that's a thing that I want to tune in for, and that's what I thought last night. I'm like, 
What are they doing? Are they going to convert them? Is like, I hope the storyline's more than you beat me at WrestleMania. Because if so, everybody is really delayed on their WrestleMania revenge matches. Taker's like, all right, 14 months later, I'm back. And Bray Wyatt's like, all right, Taker, I'm going to wait till after your Brock Lesnar feud is over. The second it's over, I'm going to politely intersect my, inter- insert myself into this feud. Um, well, I'll, I'll forgive it here because in the meantime, Bray Wyatt was building back up his cult. So now that he's got three guys under his way, they're, all right, now I can take Taker down. Yeah, well, I, I, I hope somebody suggested, like, Undertaker's Bray Wyatt's father. I would love the idea that Undertaker was, like, That would be amazing. In the bayou one day and, like, you know, had, like, he had an affair with a woman and, like, some, like, you know, demon in, like, infested her womb or something and, 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 and like, kind of possessed this child and that's Bray Wyatt and he's, like, been... He's been building up his power for like, cause, cause that's what we've been waiting. Yeah, essentially, like, but I mean, that's what we've been waiting with Gray for since he got here. Some sort of like purpose or something, you know? Like, like mm-hmm. when Undertaker got there, at least he was like, I want to, you know, like I, I'm the dark side. And I, I want to beat people. He like he made that kind of clear, and he also wanted the championship. Bray White's made no stake in the championship. That's fine, but you've got to have some sort of goal or something, and. And um, I hope they do something interesting with this, cause, especially because a Survivor Series match with, like, the four of them against, like, Undertaker, Kane, I don't think you're going to get Brock back. I think that would be cool if you got Undertaker's, like, Brock, I respect you. You beat me. Uh, I need someone who can – who the only person who can help us, like, take these guys down. And, you know, because if Brock takes Strowman down, then that's fine because it's Brock, you know. And you know, that's, like, you know, it's not like he's getting tossed around by, like, you know – Ziggler or like Roman Reigns or someone, um, yeah. You know, so so that could be that could be good. But um, I'm fearful well, that the Survivor Series team is going to be Undertaker, Kane, Randy Orton, and Dean Ambrose. Which you know, not that not a whole lot of mystique behind that. Yes, that is not good. Um, <laughs> well, if Randy Orton can 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 rehab his shoulder that he hurt taking out the trash. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. No. All right. I mean, it's better than his other Survivor Series team with Henry Godwin and Fatu. Wait, what? Uh, Undertaker's 95 Survivor Series team. Oh, yeah. Henry Godwin, Savio Vega, and Fatu. Well, that's the Bone Street crew right there. First of all, I want to point this out. Everybody acts like the click. I'm sorry. I, I know I go back to the early 90s WWE quite often, but... Everybody always acts like the fucking click. We're like holding everybody down and shit. I want to point out to the fact that in 1994, Bret Hart main evented approximately like one pay-per-view as champion. And you know who he was always brushed to the side for? Undertaker, generally. It was Undertaker and Yoko, who were both BSK members at Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. It was Undertaker and Brian Lee, again, both BSK members at SummerSlam. It was well, it was Jerry Lawler and Roddy Piper. It's uh, '94, but it, and then it was. Um, I guess the the Rumble main evented the the '94, didn't it? Mm. Uh, the '94 Rumble main event? No, no, the Rumble match main evented. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the Rumble main evented. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just like like. Uh, for for people like oh, Sean and his cronies, I'm like, what about Undertaker and his cronies? Why doesn't he ever get any shit for this? Uh, it's a good question. It's a good question. Like, I, I, I keep I, going back to it. Punk in 09. I, that was 
You want to tell me Undertaker doesn't hold anybody down? Okay. Well, you know what? I don't even care in the mid-'90s because Undertaker was, like, awesome. Like, I didn't care that Undertaker and Sean or Razor are doing whatever because they were, like, the most talented guys. So I didn't care, you know? Like, it becomes it, it becomes an issue when you're not the most talented guys that it's happening. Like, you know, Triple H at 05 or, you know, Undertaker in 09. Like, then that becomes the issue. Like, if you're the best and you bring the most to the table, that's fine. But, like, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, I hope everyone is rooting for the Mets tonight, and <laughs> I hope it doesn't rain out because we want the we all want the Mets to win here. If you don't, what are you doing to me? Uh, but for Mr. Patrick Kelly, for myself, Mr. Eric Clancy, we are heading out and uh, join us next week as always. And for both of us, we are signing off.